When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're talking masks on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything on entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh, and it's mask chat. This is mask like the latest trail. accessory that we're all sporting. <laughs> we hope. Well, yeah, please, by the way, be sporting one. Because we want this thing to we got to get control of this situation. And masks are the thing right now. Yeah, they actually work. Yeah. So, Bradley. Spread the control of, or uh, the spread of, control the spread of coronavirus. Exactly. All those words are true. Um, the reason we're talking about that today specifically, though, and I thought we could just have a little mask chant, is because, I don't know about you, but every time I see headlines like the following quote from CNN, that I read over the weekend, researchers created a test to determine which masks are the least effective. I'm like, I'm going to need to read that to make sure that I take those out of my wardrobe. Exactly. I want to make sure that I'm wearing the best mask possible. It's not 100%. It's not going to solve all the world's problems, but it's going to make a huge dent. And um, there is actual science that we can pay attention to. So in that vein... This particular group of researchers at Duke University created a very simple technique to analyze the effectiveness of a bunch of different masks, um, which have, you know, as we've said, become a critical component in stopping the spread of the virus. So I could tell you about how they did this, and certainly we can talk about it, but I I don't know if, <laughs> if you're like me, you just jump to the part where it says... Researchers tested 14 commonly available masks, Mm -hmm. and then they gave the results. Okay, so, yeah, get to that, Right, because isn't that what you want to know? Duh. Like, well, okay, let me, have you read this story? I I, I skimmed it. Okay. well, But I'd like your report of the report, You know kind of the answers. I was going to have you guess, um, but it doesn't matter. They looked at 14 different masks involving, you know, like the cloth, those those three-panel cloth ones that everybody's been making at home, Mm -hmm. um, handkerchiefs. Um, N95 masks. Which those, of course, are the most effective, and we know that. The fitted N95s. The, um, well, I don't know. Do we know that? Well, I thought we did. Well, science is going to tell us. Well, good. Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I was excited. Deep breath. Oh, okay. I thought you were being sassy. <laughs> um, and then also those masks that, um, those disposable masks that you see everywhere, like, mm-hmm. oh, did you forget a mask? Wear this. Okay. So here's what we learned, you guys. The most effective mask is, drum roll please, but we don't need one because it's science, the fitted N95. Look at that. So most people, though, are not going to have access to a fitted N95 because even if you think you have an N95, chances are mm, you might not actually, uh, but even if you did, it's probably not been properly fitted 
as they're supposed to be for health professionals. Correct. So, barring that, mm-hmm. what then performed well? Okay, so what I want you to say, I'll tell you what I want. Okay. What I want you to say is those three-layer cloth masks that people are making and selling um, that we have a hundred of. That's what I want you to say. Okay. So now's the chance to say that. So what if I told you... You're absolutely right. Oh, thank God. So three-layer surgical masks and cotton masks, which many people have been making at home, also performed very well. So that means those disposable uh, three-layer surgical masks that you see, mm-hmm. even though they're, you know, it says like this is not for medical blah blah blue, but those um, disposy ones that have the little metal thing. Yep. And then the three cotton panel ones um, that kind of s- expand up and down, like over your nose and yep. your chin. Those performed very well. Good. Now, here's what didn't. And this is why I think we need to have a talk as a family. Because it's not just that some of these didn't perform very well. It's, in fact, one of them actually made the situation worse. Yeah, this actually, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I'm just reading the science from this particular study. Because Please do not. Science. I am not a health practitioner, a scientist, or otherwise uh, licensed anything other than boob from noon to three. We got a license for that. <laughs> license to I got boob. one in my pocket. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Neck fleeces, also called gator masks, Ugh. and often used by runners, were the least effective. In fact, wearing a fleece mask resulted in a higher number of respiratory droplets because the material seemed to break down larger droplets into smaller particles that were more easily carried away with air. Now, also, folded bandanas and knitted masks performed poorly and did not offer much protection. But I did find it striking that they they said that those fleece gaiters actually uh, made the situation worse. That's... Ups, not upsetting. That's not the word. I. Yeah, that's that's upsetting to me. Well, it's good to know, right? So, like, yeah. if you have those in your rotation, maybe consider not using them or at least understand that you're potentially making the situation worse. Now, please don't run around yelling at people um, with a finger in their face right. unless it's from six feet away. Maybe you could get, like, a plastic finger on a stick and just put that in people's face. Uh, or, like, a foam finger. A foam, a foam <laughs> finger, although I feel like the foam would absorb True. virus. You don't want that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So... The moral of the story is, you know, do with that which you would like. This is one particular study. Maybe um, the best response is to do more research and ask around mm-hmm. actual professionals before you make changes, because don't listen to us. But this one particular article in CNN about a particular study at Duke says that those fleece gators actually made the situation worse, worse in terms of spreading uh, respiratory droplet. It does make, I mean, those things are very thin. Yeah. I know and we kind of knew that, yeah. right? Well, I know this because this is, so my sons play on a baseball team that is masked on the field. Um, we are one of the only in our league that does that. And um, I will say we are one of the only leagues that I know. Well, we are a league that I know of that has not had to pause play. Um, And so I don't know that the two are related. I just know that that's the case. And uh, a lot of the kids are wearing those gaiters. And so that makes me think, okay, including my very own. And so 
will be maybe adjusting that a little bit. Yeah. And that's, you know, what you can do. When you know better, you do better. Thank you, Maya Angelou via Oprah. And courtesy of Duke University. Mm -hmm. I will say, um, because they're the ones that are giving us this information, things change, people change, science change. change. Oh, can we also just talk about that really quickly since we're on this? (laughs) No. Since we're already (laughs) talking about the science-y things. Mm Mm-hmm. I had this conversation over the weekend. Science does change, and that's oh, yeah. a good thing. Oh, yeah. People, yes. I, yeah. I can't tell you, though, uh, how many times, because I can count them on, I can't count them on a hand or two hands, because it's been more than that, is what I'm saying. People who've said, if they would just figure out what's going on and stop changing their mind about mm-hmm. this and that. Can I just say and, the first thing that I think when I hear that? Yeah. Who, who are they? Well, I think what they're saying is anyone but them. Right. That's um, all. I just wanted to start yeah. there. Like, who are they? But to me, like, I just... Like the science consortium? I feel like it's important to remind ourselves that, because I have to do that, too, when I get frustrated. You're like, but wait, you told me I could do this, and now you're telling me I can't. That might be because they actually came upon some science they didn't have before. Right. And nobody's been through this before, so we're all learning together. Even the really smart people mm-hmm. don't have all the answers until... Because they're really smart people, they go looking for the answers, then they find them. But sometimes it's a process and a journey. Like most things in life, just because you learn something at the age of 20 doesn't mean that it's serving you well at the age of 40. So you need to grow and adapt and continue to listen and learn. So I just think we should all do that because it's important and I need to do that too. Thank you. Yeah, it reminds me honestly of the fact that my, my grandfather, rest his soul, my papa, I loved him so very much, but he only wanted to buy like a DVD player when they were done. Meaning he didn't want to be the early adopter because they kept changing them. So he was like, I'm just going to wait to buy a DVD player until it's done. And we were like, well, you're never going to get a DVD player then because by the time it's done, we've going to be moved on to something else. We're going to be beaming things into our brains. So you have to like, you have to pay attention. You have to make choices about how, how how different things have been obtained and whether you're comfortable with that and you make informed decisions based on that. My, it's like the teacup with the Zen master. I trust you. I'm going to wait for that in paperback because I'm not sure where I can read that, but I'll look for it in the break. What I did want to say is my point in this particular statement was that um, things change. People, People change. change. Hairstyles change. No, that like that it's okay. It's not a sign that um right. that that scientists were dumb in the beginning and now they're smart. It's that that's how science works. Right. When new information you ask becomes questions, available, look for answers, mm-hmm. adjust accordingly exactly. the more you know. The more you know. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, let's talk about concerts in the year of COVID. Lots of uh artists getting really creative about how they're going to get their music out there, and I'm here for this. Uh, And I'm here in particular for this one model that I'll tell you about when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. On the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at My Talk. Did I just come in? It sounds like you said chin. I (laughs) I think I was talking before my mic was fully on. Um, Concerts in the time of COVID. That's the topic on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Okay, so um, I saw this news from a band that, I mean, I would probably not be at their concert, but I'm 
but I'm curious about what they're doing. And yeah. the band is Metallica. And they are doing um, basically uh, the first kind of concert of, of its kind uh, in a response to our social distancing and the sure. world we live in now. What they dealt with. Um, they are going to be the first of these types of concerts called the Encore Drive-In Night Series. Oh. It will show a full set on August 29th at hundreds of drive-in and outdoor theaters across the United States and Canada. It will be shot specifically for this Encore Drive-In Night Series. It'll be shot at a location near their Northern California headquarters. Um, and they will take part uh, and their award-winning production team in editing this for this exact type of concert experience. Meaning, this will be a live concert that nobody has ever seen that will be produced specifically for a drive-in experience. And I gotta tell you, I'm kind of here for this. And I... Go ahead. I was just gonna say, how is this different than... Didn't... um, Who else was doing something at drive-ins? Well, that was... uh, Not Nickelback. Who the heck was that? Garth Brooks? Was it Garth Brooks? I thought somebody um, was going to. I don't know if they actually did well, or we not. We had a bad, remember we had that bad drive-in experience, but Bradley, was that when you were out of town? I don't know. Who was that, Holly? Not Nickelback. Who was it? Garth Brooks had a drive-in experience. Uh, or Blake Shelton, was it him? It was one of the country guys. But who's the one that went south? The one that, I mean, I mean the the concert went south. It was that benefit concert in the Hamptons. Oh, the chain the smokers. The chain smokers, thank mm-hmm. you. They did that. They tried to do this and people got out of their cars. Oh, God. And um, that was part of the problem. So this is different in the sense that this is not a concert that will be happening live and then live. Well, this will be happening live, but not in front of people. Sure. So the people will be at drive-ins across the country. And the reason why, like, listen, my husband is a major. I love live music. My husband lives for live music. It is like the 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 thing that makes his heart pump. Um, he loves live music, and honestly, I I when I go to a concert like in a big arena, I'm mostly watching the screen anyway because it's the only way you can see the artist. Yeah, and so I feel like I think this is to me the best of both worlds. You get out of the house, you go to a place where live music is happening. So what if it's not live right in front of you in the moment? Mm -hmm. And I'd rather do it, like make an occasion out of it than do it in my living room, right? Yeah, Yeah, well, I think you get some sort of ambience, some sort of like like experience that you're not going to get in your living room. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasts platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Like, right. uh, um, And you know you're there with other people who are fans who are there for live music. Yeah, so there is some sort of live sense mm-hmm. that you will feel a part of, in a way, a collective live sense that is, you know, probably a faint whiff of what an actual concert is like. But if you are a person who lives for this experience, this would whet your appetite or at least, um, you know, maybe begin to to feed your appetite a little bit um, that you've probably been feeling, uh, you know, without since at least March. Right? right. So, yeah, I get this. I mean, it's not like I'm not a huge concert person, but I can appreciate that there are things that I do like I am doing now that are not the same, but they give you a little sense of a little taste of it's like when we all first went to the if you have gone to the grocery store or something after we were at home for so long where you're like, okay, I'm not going to linger. I'm not going to spend two hours at uh, the grocery store like I used to, but at least I get to be and I'm not comparing groceries to right. to a concert. I'm just saying it's that same thing of like, okay, we can't have the full thing, but at least we can have a whiff until we get back to normal. Right. And, and you know, who knows? I mean, honestly, absent of the hologram technology, this is like the next best thing to being at an in-person concert. You still get to hear how they're, you know, how they are... Um, doing their music in a live arena in a live style you get to see them with your eyeballs honestly probably bigger than you would see them if you were actually at the concert Mm -hmm. because again like i said like nine times out of ten my seats are such that either there's a really tall person in front of me so i can't see the artist Mm -hmm. or i'm so darn far away it might as well be a lego guy doing it I wouldn't know. It could be an impersonator. I wouldn't know. But I'm watching the screens because that's where I can actually see the artist up close. In this way, you still get that intimate experience of a concert. You're just at a distance and in a comfortable way. I'm curious what other things other than like the obvious movies um, people will do something like this for. I did drive by a church um, mm. over the weekend. There's one not far from you that advertises like drive up church. Yeah. Where you pull up and uh, you turn on a radio frequency and you get live church. Yep. So some, some churches are doing that already. Um, yeah. You can do drive up communion some places. I mean, it's real, man. Lots of different people are being real innovative. I'm all I'm here, here for, for innovation. It. Yeah. Yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to be innovating telling you about some celebrities behaving badly. Mm-hmm. We call them D-bags. We'll tell you about them when we come back on My Talk 1071. No, I think I'm going to do like a little family um, outdoor experience on that. Oh. I think I'm going to have like, I'm going to play the cat video festival in my yard perfect for my kids yeah no that's Have awesome. our own little cat video festival this is the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment colleen lindstrom bradley trainer hey. and uh you know those celebrities they keep behaving badly we have a name for them and that name is deberg presenting lord and lady douchebag of the day 
Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, Noted Satanist. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's an alleged rumor, but But doesn't stop us. uh, My my D bag today is not the Church of Satan. Thank you. It is, um, in fact, this Page Six article. But it's also this like celebrity stylist. But it's also for um, Jessica Alba. Oh. So it's kind of like a like a threefer? It's I don't know. Like sort of spot like a the D bag cake is or, what it is. Yeah, spot the D baggery mm. going on in this story. Because I, I was here for this on some level. So page six style had this article entitled or headlined Stylist claims J Lo, Jessica Alba, Katherine Heigl, among others, are the worst celebrities to work with. Mm. And you know, a la the conversation around Ellen, etc. I'm like, okay, so people are dishing dirt on social media. This is now a thing. What is this about? And then it turns out that a former Hollywood stylist mm. named Tamron um, has taken to her TikTok page. And is taking, quote, bad celebrity behavior to task, spilling the tea on the worst stars to work with. And on some level, I'm here for it because, like I said, the conversation around Ellen, like when people present themselves one way, but to service uh, professionals and the people that are helping behind the scenes, um, you know, if they're mistreating those people, I kind of want to know because that just seems like a incongruity that people in the public eye should be made aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. So who's the biggest D-bag? So, well, okay. So then she goes through this list and talks about, like, Marissa Tomei. Um, like, here... What? I don't want to think she's a D-bag. Well, so, so again, like, go with me. Because it goes, regarding Tomei, Tamron says the Oscar winner and the star of uh, My Cousin Vinny was late, rude, and very particular. She arrived for an appointment at 9.30, but didn't wake up till 12.30. She barely said hello and proceeded to eat her breakfast of yogurt and granola. Okay, so I'm like, so she was late and kind of finicky. Mm -hmm. Um, Tomei was one of her favorite actresses, so she says she went easy on her and gave her a 5 out of 10 in terms of how hard she was to work with. Um, and then she talks about if 2020 was a career, it would be Katherine Heigl. Ooh. Friends of mine who worked on the set with her in photo shoots have told me she's extremely difficult and always mad. Which we kind of already knew about her. Yeah, like, so on the one hand, I was like, well, okay, now I just feel like you're piling on. I'm like, am I really learning anything? Right. And so far, it's just kind of like, ah, right? And then she goes about Jessica Alba. Um, Tamron says her friends who worked on set with her used the phrase, not nice. Uh, as for Jessica Alba, right? Okay. And we've gotten this vibe from Jessica Alba, right? Maybe it's because of the like incongruity with her honest, honest company, her dishonest, her company. dishonesty in the dis- in the honest company. But here, go for like go with me for this quote. She loves to rub hummus on her dress, play mind games with you, and she does this thing where she talks to you while not talking to you. Okay, I'm sorry. She loves to rub hummus on her dress. I know. I was like, I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> no, intentionally, either. in spite of you, like she's like, <laughs> hummus on my dress. Aggressively hummus rubbing. <laughs> like, yeah, and watch out if it's red pepper hummus because that oh. means she really doesn't like you. Yeah. Oof. Like what? And is it is it Sabra hummus or 
Is it, you know, like the good and gather hummus? Or is it that like desserty hummus? Ooh, the brownie batter hummus. <laughs> but I was like, that's the worst you could say about Jessica Alba is that she, she wrote rubs hummus, hummus on, her dress? on her dress. I was so confused. Like, she does bring up things that are interesting, right? Like, from a just like rumor and gossip. Uh, sure. But I don't know that they're career changers because most people assume that actors and actresses, because we've seen these stories many, many times, are kind of like this, right? Like, you're not always going to get the best front-facing celebrity right. when they're sitting in your chair behind the scenes. I'm not excusing their behavior no, by any stretch. No, but it's not a surprise. But it doesn't, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't surprise me. She does talk about how um, the worst was um, this actress, Al- Alexis Knapp from Pitch Perfect, which I don't remember who she is. I don't is. know who she is. i got to look Alexis her up. Alexis Knapp. Alexis... Now, for some reason, her character in Pitch Perfect doesn't. Oh, look no, familiar to me. Yep, nope. Right, <laughs> doesn't look familiar. But anyway, she um she, she that was the one that she called out as the worst. Apparently, one time a designer lent her about thirteen hundred dollars worth of jewelry to wear on the red carpet, and when it came time to return those jewels, um, she wasn't interested in doing so. Cameron said, "Let's just say she couldn't find it." Oh. Interesting. Mm. So, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I feel like you over... But it's also we're in this space where people want to reveal stuff like this. Right. Well, and they've gotten attention for doing so, right? Yeah. Like, so remember, there was one recently where it was the old, the person who used to work at a restaurant who was uh, revealing the worst Hollywood tippers. Yeah. And we were all here to talk about what a bad tipper Kylie Jenner was, mm-hmm. right? And so then that person, the person who does those, gets the attention. And it seems to me that Tamron just really was bored and needed some attention. I mean, again, I just would like to remind you, um, she loves to rub hummus on her dress. What does that? I need to. I mean, maybe that's just her thing. I'm gonna know? need some more facts. I, what about I love that. is that there's this this visual of of <laughs> Jessica Alba looking at you dead in the eye <laughs> rubbing and rubbing hummus. hummus on her dress. Like, ha ha! What are you gonna do about it now? You're gonna have to clean it. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, maybe, is it the weirdest thing that we've heard? No. This no. year? No. Oh, goodness, no. She does say that J-Lo, um, people are told not to look at J-Lo. Wow. Which I don't uh, not believe. That doesn't surprise I totally you. believe that. Not even a it little bit. It just makes me want to stare at her. If I ever meet her, I'm just going to keep looking at her. Because what can she do? Yeah. Take your eyeballs? Probably, yeah, what is she get? Well, well, I was yeah, going to say, wait. do we want a chance it at this moment? No. Oh, not really. Uh, do you want to know who my D-bag is? Of course I do. Oh, my gosh. It's Hasbro. For this dirty company? Yes, for this dirty trolls doll. Did you see dirty this? Dirty troll. Hey. Okay. That's so, I've been called that once or twice. You know, you know the Trolls movie? Oh yeah. yeah. There's a doll uh from the Trolls World Tour, and it's the Giggle and Sing Poppy doll. Okay. And the way that you the way she works is like there's a bunch of different points on her little troll body that if you mm. touch them, they make what? certain noise. What? But no, it gets worse, Bradley. You're on to something because when you touch what? her privates, what? she makes a sound that sounds like, um, I'm going to say, like a happiness. This like doll a, has privates? You know, but not like actual privates, but like in the area where the privates are. Oh, God. The doll makes a noise that sounds <laughs> What's the noise? like one of... 
some sort of satisfaction. <gasps> it's called the giggle and sing doll. So it's a kind of giggle. And Hasbro is saying like, yeah, we didn't mean for it to be like that. It was supposed to be like if the doll sits down, it makes like a sound of relief. <laughs> <laughs> I get that sound of relief when I sit on the toilet. I know. The It says this feature was designed to react yeah. when the doll was seated, but we recognize the placement of the sensor may be perceived as inappropriate. This is what Julie Duffy, the senior vice president of global communications at okay. Hasbro said. We realize that this placement of the sensor sensor may be perceived as inappropriate. Yeah, it's on her privates. Um, she says this was not intentional. We're happy to provide consumers with a replacement popular. Oh my god, it's value. literally in her <laughs> I'm telling like, you. Like it's not even vague. I thought maybe it was like on her belly no, and I'm like it's in her Also she It's in her little troll lady parts. She doesn't ha- Hi. Um no, it's like right between her legs, yes. like under her, in her area, in her yeah. privates. I can't be more explicit. Rhymes about... with schmaint. Mm-hmm. There you go. Troll schmaint. There it is. <laughs> you said it. Which is basically also a descriptor for 2020. <laughs> I mean, we're all you. stuck in the Very... troll schmaint. We really are. Any whoozy whatsy, if you have one of these dolls, <laughs> and we're not can, giggling, you can get a new one. No, no, we're not. Of course not. No. What a bizarre! You you know somebody like that's was my this problem. like everybody was Zoom like this product went into development during Zoom meetings. Yes. Like nobody was actually. Paying this attention. is my point. Is that like you cannot tell me that not one person in the meeting was like, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to have a schmaint button that makes a, a noise of satisfaction. Yeah, like that here's a great idea. Seem like that's what we're going. Well, for. also because even if you didn't, you know, because I could see how you're like, oh, I don't want to point that out because I don't want people to think I'm creepy. Like, but that's in the lady parts of this toy. But you d- like in this moment, everybody's on such high alert to not have moments like these mm-hmm. that you'd think even you're like you guys. I know this is gonna seem really. Silly, I might be going overboard here, but. but... Yeah. I do think it's important for you to think about the fact that it's that's in her schmate. Her, tr- her troll schmate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could just see like everyone going, oh, God. You're yeah, right. you're totally oh right. Oh, Barbara, thank I you so believe- much for bringing mm-hmm. this to of the Of course it was Barbara. Today. Barbara yeah. always is paying attention. <laughs> she's got, she's on schmate duty. <laughs> Barbara. Don't ever, ever say that. <laughs> When we come back, oh, <laughs> laughing feels good. It does. When we come back, oh god! When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, oh, I'm excited, Bradley. You're going to be so excited to hear about the show that my daughter and yeah. I started watching last night. Troll Schmaint. Start over. Okay. You're not going to be excited about the show that my daughter and I started watching last night, but Holly, I think you will be, and Bradley, you're going to have to sit through us talking about it. <laughs> Fun. I'll just be over here with my shrink. <laughs> with your troll. With your singing poppy. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Oh, mothers of pre tweens and tweens, tune in. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Also, People from the uh, people who enjoyed reading books between 1986 and 2000 
um, also tune in. Because uh, my daughter and I started a new series that we can watch together mm. on the Netflix. And uh, it's based on a book series. And I want to tell you, here's what we're watching live. You, you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's, here's What We're here, here. Watching Live. Okay, what so are you watching? We are watching The Babysitter's Club. Aww. Yeah. This okay. is like um, young adult fiction, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it, this is, it's based on a series of novels that was written in um, like 1986 to 2000. This was a really popular book series for young, um, young kids. Um, probably but, more popular with young girls at probably, the time. Yep, anyway. at the time. I did not, I gotta confess, I did not read these books. Um, by the time, you know, I was like 11 when they came out, I was moving on. It, this she just was reading, you know, I was War reading and War and Peace, mm-hmm. some James Joyce. Yes. No. Like no. any normal 11 year old, JK. But I will say, if even if you didn't read them, because I didn't, but I certainly remember the Babysitter's Club because they always had these like very, um, sort of iconic book covers. Yes. Like these paintings of like girls, like we're just girls being girls. Yep, we're just gallon. Um, Holly, you did you read The Babysitter's Club? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were like big into this. And I guess I never understood, like I heard about it. I had friends that loved The Babysitter's Club, but I was like, what? It's just about a bunch of girls who babysit. It didn't, like, I didn't understand that there was more to it, right? Well, I was in elementary school when I was really into The Babysitter's Club. So it's one of those things where the the theory is that like when you're in elementary school, you're looking up to girls who are in the babysitters right. club. They're middle schoolers. Right. You think they're so cool, but when you're in actual middle school, like you are more interested in Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero, right? Because right. high school. That's a hundred percent true. Absolutely. And I was reading like Sweet Valley High at yeah. that age. So what's really interesting though is they did do a babysitters club movie in nineteen ninety five. Again, I skipped it because I didn't care you're about. Like, the I'm too cool club. for that. Yeah, I was too old for the movie. Right. So. I'm my daughter is going into fifth grade and I was like, you know what, Tilla, we need to have something to watch. Like, let's watch, let's find a show that we can watch together. I'd been forcing her to watch things I liked when I was her age. And I just feel like maybe I should be a little bit more open to her having her own identity. Absolutely. So, can you set up like how the, um, like what these are, how it's laid yeah. out, how many episodes, all that kind of so, stuff? So, okay. So first of all, the, the, it's based on the books loosely and the plot of the books is essentially a group, group of girls from like a fictional suburban town who decide, oh my goodness, we can make a lot of money by creating a club. And they make like, they basically start a business, right? It's such a great, um, it's such a great, uh, kind of young entrepreneur inspiration Mm -hmm. there's 10 episodes they are on netflix um and i'm going to tell you that something that surprised me oh i it probably should not have surprised me okay but alicia silverstone plays one of the main characters mothers oh so alicia silverstone a la clueless is uh in like a mom role in this in this show that's where we've come that's where we are now and so we have to accept that and deal with that. I also can't watch it without thinking of her taking a bath with her nine-year-old son. And feeding him and like a baby bird. Feeding him like a baby bird. So, mm. like, the first scene you see her in, she brings a pizza in for the kids. Oh, and no. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no. She Is she going to chew it for them? 
I, she probably brought nice that thing. up on set like, you guys, I'm yeah. really not comfortable feeding these children processed foods. Yeah. But in any case, it is interesting. I mean, like you, you're watching Cher from Clueless now be a responsible parent. It's yeah. very odd. Um, but it is. I mean, she she you you lose track of that very quickly. Um, and I here's the thing about this show. It doesn't assume that the kids that it targets are not intelligent. And I'm and that sounds like such a obvious thing to say. But when you watch some of the the programming that's aimed at that age group, it kind of dumbs it, it down. It dumbs it way down. And this doesn't this is a very heartfelt um there are conversations about things that are pertinent to these kids in this age group. There are conversations about um a mom who is remarrying and uh how the kids feel about that, the kids in the family feel about that. There's a storyline about one of the girls has diabetes and so that is there's there's that element to it and it doesn't dumb it down it talks about these things with heart and it's and there's some female empowerment moments and it just is it's a good darn show and yeah, i no, was that, not expecting that that makes me happy because i do think that there's actually been and i can't believe i'm saying this cuz it's coming from an uninformed place but i do just get the sense that there has been a lack of the kind because it does remind me of sit the role sitcoms used to play yeah. in our culture when you and I were growing up that they really did speak directly to kids in a way that even though looking back it certainly was naive and and like patronizing probably on some level mm-hmm. but but for the time felt very much like they were talking to us and we were listening to the lessons that were being given in sitcoms but I feel like in this day and age, like, where would you find programming like that for children in mainstream media, like, without having to go digging for it? Yeah. And that's the tricky part, right? Like, I want to have a thing that I can watch with my kids, but specifically in this instance, it was my daughter that was interested in it. I want to have things that I can watch with them that start conversations or give us opportunities for conversations. Um and that we're experiencing together. And that kind of television just doesn't exist. When I talk about the kind of family television we're watching, it's usually things like um, America's Funniest Videos mm-hmm. or Wipeout was like a big one at our house or um, American Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. right? We're not watching shows with plot lines that actually mirror things that our kids are actually going through. And talking to them in a way that they can probably feel like it's not like, hey, kids. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, the Disney Channel shows, those are really fantasy-based. Yeah. Those are not necessarily based in a reality that, that mirrors what life is actually like for a for a preteen. Can I ask, too, quickly, Holly, yeah. did, um, you know, you watch these. Do you have any interest in just from a nostalgic place watching them? Not necessarily, but I will say when I first heard about it, I was I did think of Colleen's daughter. Mm. I was like, she probably is a target demo for this kind of show. Now, I have heard from other people 
who have had those nostalgic feelings for Babysitter's Club and say that not only does it give you nostalgic feelings, but it builds upon the original material. Mm. Yeah, that's in a really re- cool. In a really satisfying way that you can enjoy it in 2020 terms. That's good to know. Yeah. I will. I do have to say this because this is kind of a funny little moment. In the very beginning of the of the, the setup, you know, they talk about how it's so hard to get a babysitter. Nobody answers their phones anymore. And so when they form the Babysitter's Club, they actually get a landline and the phone that they get, they're like, I bought it on Etsy. It says it works. It is the phone that everybody had in the late 80s, oh, early awesome. 90s. The clear phone where you could see all the gears. Oh, yeah. And it lights up when it rings. And I swear to you, my daughter was like, what is that? And I was like, Tilla, everybody who was anybody had that phone. She was like, did you have that phone? I was like, no. Yeah, but no, I knew we people who had that phone. Fancy phone. No. <laughs> Are you, Are you kidding, kidding me? me? No. Mm-mm. No, I used the one that my parents could hear me on. Yep. Thank you. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, how do you feel about wearing pajamas while you're working or doing school at home? Because there's some people that say no more of that. 651-641-1071. Do you get dressed all the way? Or are you still wearing jammies after this on My Talk 1071? Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.